welcome. Today is the second Sunday of Easter and we are recording in St David's Church in Lacha. The worship team taking the service today includes Elizabeth, who will be leading our prayers, Robert, who will be sharing some thoughts, and myself, Valmai. Let us begin. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. As we gather now, let us pause briefly to call to mind how we have been over the last week, bearing in mind the things that we should have done and those things that we have failed to do. Heavenly Father, we have sinned in thought, word and deed and have failed to do what we ought to have done. We are sorry and truly repent for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and lead us in his way to walk as children of light. Amen. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen.
The reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. They brought them in and made them stand before the Sanhedrin, where the high priest interrogated them. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us responsible for this man's blood. But Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his right hand as Prince and Saviour in order to grant repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Listen to the Gospel of Christ. According to St. John, glory be to you, O Lord. It was the first day of the week, and that very evening, while the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said to them. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Again, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so also I am sending you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails have been, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were once again inside with the doors locked, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas replied, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written down in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, O Christ. Well, quite a few years ago, I used to work in a telephone inquiry centre for one of the main UK banks. And we were grouped into teams of about eight people plus a team leader. This meant that we were quite often taking our breaks together in the restroom. One of the things I always remember about those uh, times was the way the conversation kind of graduated to a discussion of the latest happenings in one or other of the evening TV soap operas. I think EastEnders was the usual focus at the time, with the discussion being ripe with speculation on how the plot would evolve. I found it quite sad that uh, these intelligent and otherwise lively people were virtually living their lives around the plot of a TV show. Okay, I've singled out EastEnders, but you can take your pick from many similar shows. Star Trek, Coronation Street, Doctor Who, the many films ranging from Star Wars, Stargate to The Lord of the Rings and the old westerns, or even the so-called historical dramas. You can fill that bit in for yourself, according to your own personal likings. It isn't exactly a new phenomenon though. If you take the Victorian era, many hung on to the serial releases of Charles Dickens's works in the same way. Likewise Shakespeare. And all the way back to the Old Norse sagas being sung in the Old Longhouse. We are not, as one author once noted, Homo sapiens, the uh, wise human being, but perhaps Pan Narans, the storytelling chimpanzee of all things. With all the recent developments, in social media and video games. People's lives are increasingly being filled with pseudo-reality. From the moment we can communicate, we're surrounded by a world of stories, of make-believe. And the only thing that changes as we get older is the nature of those stories. The trouble with this, however, is that we develop a subconscious kind of wall or veil regarding these other worlds. There's a blurring of our concept of reality. So many fans of sci-fi comics and shows congregating uh, conventions with adults dressing up as their favourite characters just as if they were still in primary or lower secondary school playing Let's Pretend. Then of course you've got the shadier side, that worrying development of violent video games bleeding over into our reality when you get teenagers knifing one another 
in the local park. Okay, so why am I going on about all this? Well, let me give you an example. When you read the story of the crossing of the Red Sea in the book of Exodus, do you visualise the story according to the Hollywood films that you've seen? Or according to what's actually written there in the Bible? What the films show is most definitely not what's in the original text. Like all film adaptions, the story has been subjected to what you might call artistic licence. Also, and this is the worrying part, when we read the accounts of the life of Jesus, is it real for us? Or just another nice story that also disappears behind this veil of pseudo-reality? Something that perhaps makes us think a bit, but ultimately not too real. It's a story. It's safe at arm's length. When we read the accounts of Jesus' words, do we enjoy or appreciate them intellectually? Or do we face them as if Jesus himself is there in front of us, challenging us to take action and believe? This is why I love the story of Thomas the doubter. We see him struggling to grasp what's going on throughout his appearances in John's Gospel's account. Jesus' famous statement of being the way, the truth and the life came as a direct response to Thomas's question, how could we know the way? He may have been baffled, but at least he was being honest. Likewise, as we have just heard read, when he misses out on this first appearance of Jesus to the other apostles, he refuses to believe unless he can see it for himself. To which Jesus graciously responds, with a mild rebuke for his lack of believing in what he had already been told. He didn't want hearsay. He wanted proof the reality. He wanted to personally know that his master was really alive and returned from the dead. Needless to say, after that, he was a changed man. And it is believed that he took the gospel message to India, where eventually he died a martyr's death. Now, I'm keeping this message short on purpose because I want to challenge each one of us. The gospel message is very real. In his first letter, the Apostle John states, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have gazed upon and touched, with our own hands, this is the word of life. And this is the life that was revealed. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. 
We proclaim to you, we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And this fellowship of ours is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write these things so that your joy may be complete. Jesus doesn't call us just to be believers, but disciples. People dedicated to becoming more like Jesus, the Master of the household. And focusing our lives on service to and for him. We earlier read Peter's response to the Sanhedrin in the book of Acts. The Pharisees are charging them, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us responsible for this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on the tree. God exalted him to his right hand as Prince and Saviour in order to grant repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. The gospel message calls us to an active life of service in the household of God. To be disciples, to make a stand for the kingdom. This isn't a story. It isn't a soap opera or show like Dad's Army. It is real. In finishing, I'd like to challenge us to imagine that this is the upper room. And Jesus is appearing now, just as he did to the apostles in that upper room. And have him come and look each one of us in the eye. He asks, what are you currently doing for me to help establish my kingdom here in Lacha? How would you answer him?
Let us pray. Let us pray for the church, for the world, and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we were able to hear and or be reminded of the story of Thomas and the message it conveys, reality and belief, and making us understand more about Jesus and his teachings. In our cycle of prayer today, we pray for the Anglican Church of Papua New Guinea and the Brickens and Llyn Safaden ministry area. We pray for Andrew, the Archbishop of Wales, and John, Bishop of Swansea and Brecon. We also pray for Reverend, uh, uh, Reverend uh, Adrian, Reverend Andrew, and all the clergy in our ministry area and their families. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, give wisdom and a desire for peace to all our world leaders. We pray at this time for peace between Ukraine and Russia and the people affected by the war. We pray for our community. Lord, give us grace, our friends and neighbours too. May we serve Jesus in one another and love as he loves us. We pray also for local political and community leaders and strengthen them in their endeavours to improve our communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal those suffering illness and those who are in pain in spirit, mind and body. And we pray for those we know, family members, church and community members, and those in our thoughts who we know are suffering. Hear us as we remember those who have died within our community and family members, and grant us with them everlasting light and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, in silence, we bring before you our own needs and concerns. In the communion of all the saints, we commend ourselves and one another and all our life to you. Merciful Father, accept our prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We now hear our special prayer for today, the Collect. Almighty Father, you have given your only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification. Grant us so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness that we may always serve you in pureness of living and truth through the merits of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us now say the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. 
for the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us now affirm our faith. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, the creator of all? I believe and trust in God the Father. Do you believe in his Son, Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world? I believe and trust in God the Son. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life? I believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit. This is the faith of the Church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. <laughs>